0: Okay, welcome back to the Snowling Podcast. This is your host Gord Um Really happy to have a, a returning guest, a multi-time guest. You, you, uh, S- uh, Steve Cowling is our uh, is is uh, one of our guests that uh, has been on the most. Uh, uh, returning, he's uh, uh, you know the media rep for uh, for ski uh, SkiDoo, and um, really pleased to have him back. Um, if there's uh, any uh, any questions uh, that you've, that's popped up in the in the past, uh, Steve's going to answer them right now. Uh, also uh, returning when in the uh, hosting chair co-hosting chair is uh, phil Molto. happy to have phil Molto back
1: how you doing guys well good morning Gordon. doing great
0: great great phil how you doing
1: i am i'm doing great thank you so much for bringing me onto the show this morning
0: no problem it's uh, it's, it's great to have you back uh so um so first off steve um Let's uh, let's let's talk about uh, your this this past maybe couple months. I can't imagine how busy you. I mean, I mean, I, I, I know roughly what, what what you do kind of thing, but the uh, the regular person probably doesn't. I mean, you've had launches, you've had uh, media launches, you've had uh, you've been entertaining the uh, the, the dealers. Now uh, you're going to be off in the next couple of days to uh, to entertain the uh, the media again. Talk briefly about what's uh, what's been going on at Skadoo.
2: Well, for, you know, as you know, Gard, we launched 2019 a couple of days ago at Club SkiDo, and 2019 for us is a really big year. Uh, we've got two new motors coming to the market. Uh, one was introduced actually in January in the 600 RE Tech, and now we're bringing out the 900 Ace Turbo. Uh, both of which really are heavy hitters in the in the meat of the market, where there's some real, what I would call, the volume of the market is is pretty solid there. So. We're at 150 horsepower with a four-stroke, and we're at 125 horsepower with a two-stroke. That's very light and agile. So, really going after the the what I'll call more the eastern part of the market, so much as the western part of the market this year.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, okay, the uh, the 600. Uh, that was an early uh, that was an early release this year. Um, how, how come it was a, a late? Uh, release Uh, was there any uh, strategic plan to that or did it it just uh, uh, the numbers were limited and and that's basically when you could release it
2: well we wanted to you know obviously give the, the market a taste of what a 600r could really do before we put it across all the product lines and a lot of times word of mouth to the customers is the best so if there was you know a certain number of those out there in customer hands running around they are oftentimes the best source of information for many of their fellow snowmobilers so this motor works extremely well so we're very confident in putting the hands of the consumers early and saying go ride it tell yeah. us what you think
0: yeah nice Well, i, I did have and, an opp- uh, i did have an opportunity to try it and, and and absolutely loved it um on a in the brief ride that i had uh phil you also uh tried it didn't you
1: i haven't had enough seat time in it yet i'm anxious very very anxious
0: yeah nice <laughs> nice nice
1: okay um so let's go let's go
0: through the lineup uh uh steve uh starting with the with the MXZ. um no, no four strokes in that in that in that uh, um, basic model. Um, but you have uh, your two uh, your two new engines, uh, or sorry, the, the one the one new yeah. engine, the the six hundred, and you have the eight fifty e tech. Uh, run through uh, that lineup um, if you can.
2: Well, as you mentioned, uh, guard, we are going. MXZ is going to be a two stroke only. Uh, there's a couple reasons for it, and we'll talk more about that when we get to the renegade. But let's focus on what's new in MXZ for now. So you got MXZ XRS. Uh, available in an 850 and then 600R, which is really the first time we put a 600R into that XRS for a while now. So Gone has made what we used to call the Iron Dog Edition. Yep. Now it'll be considered the XRS, uh, really the high-performance, sharpest knife-in-the-drawer kind, kind of thing for a guy that's really all about performance. And, and this one's, you know, again, the best bump machine, the best corner machine. That's really that right there for us. That is our competitive machines without a doubt, the 850 and the 600 there. You go to the uh, X model. You can get those same motors in the X model with a little bit different shock package. Obviously, a little different coloration on the vehicles. You'll find them also in the Blizzard and the TNT. And the Blizzard this year looks a lot like the uh, it's a throwback color to the '78 and '79 Blizzards. Yeah. Uh, when we had the, the wide front end RV style front ends on those sleds, also at that same time. So, quite a, a good
1: look that we know it's got some some pull still.
0: Nice. Okay, Phil, you got a question about the uh, the
1: Mxe for Steve? Well, it's it's just interesting, you know, the different marketing back and forth over the years. The MXZ, I mean, the, you know, we go way, way back with that with that name branding and how it's changed through the market. If you could, like, who who is it aimed at? It, it, you know, we've seen so many different uh, chassis and engines in under that moniker.
2: Well, MXZ this year, we that's one of the things we're kind of cleaning up a bit. Phil is, it's it's jet rev Gen four. Okay, so rev Gen four for us is uh, you know very cutting edge, obviously. Very agile, very quick to move around on. Uh, The the rider can pull whatever gymnastics they want to to do with the style of riding they want because the room is on the sled to do that. Um, We have the sport model, which is still available in the sense that you've got a 600 carb in a Rev XP. So that's the only one that's maybe an outlier, as you're referring to, many different chassis. But again, it's two-stroke, lightweight, high power-to-weight ratio, but it's an economy-priced sled. So it's a great... uh, a great value is
0: the best way to put it yeah so night two of those models on the MXE line are are spring only additions and then the the other three uh, you can buy yearly correct
2: this is correct yep yeah so uh, your X and your XRS are spring only and your your TNT your blizzard and your sport are available in season
0: now uh, just go, go off the the MXE uh, for a second here uh, you, you, we see a lot of uh, expanded uh, spring only um, sales. Or ordering this year is—is is there a, a real good reason
1: for for all that?
2: Well, we're trying to give our customers more choice. So, what it comes down to is, you've got you're going to have some choice, like in the starting system, you choose on a lot of m- machines. All of your choices in your tracks, your colors. So, just trying to you know give the customer a little more choice on what it is they might want, and the sled allow them to build it the way they want it. But it's it's much like the car market, where it's a package kind of thing. are yeah. the most popular things that you know are going to go together
0: nice and they're all 129s right right across the board for the mxz correct is, is that right
2: well the one the 120 would be in the uh, 600 oh yeah the, one, yeah, oh. the, the, the sport model 600 uh, the carbureted version would yeah. be a, a 120
0: yeah and and that's in the uh old, old older chassis still that's the only correct. one that, that's the only one that's in the older chassis correct right? Okay, perfect. Yep, yep. Okay, yep. awesome. Let's go, okay. Let's let's go to the one that everybody's talking about. Uh, let's let us let us go up to the Renegade and um, brand brand new brand new model, brand new engine um, in in this one. Um, really aggressive styling to it. Uh, let's let's talk let's talk about the uh, the big guy, uh, the Renegade XRS. Okay. Well,
2: let's 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 also maybe differentiate where we are with our platforms at this point too. When we look at the Renegades, we're going with four-strokes and two-strokes in Renegades. So if you're looking for the 150 horsepower, you know, the 900-Ace uh, turbo, you're going to find it in an XRS, in an X, in an Enduro, and an Adrenaline in the Renegade lineup. So that machine's going to be, or that motor, I should say, will be available to a, a great majority of the riders that are really going to appreciate it. And we chose a 137 very purposefully because we know that the four-stroke works better at that track length. And, in fact, when you're talking about the XRS specifically, Gord, as you mentioned, one thing about the XRS is, you know, in typical uh, MXZ fashion, we move the steering Mm -hmm. post forward like we do on a summit. So it's at a forward position. In the Renegade, we keep it at the back position if you're buying the four-stroke model and move it up if you're buying the two-stroke model. Because we know, again, the chassis balance is much better when you're running the four-stroke if the rider's just back a little bit further on the tunnel.
0: Right. Right. Um, okay. Uh, Phil, you got a question about the uh, the, ex- the Renegades?
1: Well, actually, if I, if I may jump in, I just had a question about the 900 because uh, Gordon alerted earlier to uh, seat time. And I was talking about seat time, that it really takes a long time to really get an appreciation for a motor. I just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I spent uh, some time, I put 900K on the 900 uh, ACE. And so interesting to see this now, you know, a 900 ACE you know, turbo package. And, and just how, do, how, does, how does that come about? And, and the, just where does the thinking you know, start to bring that kind of a package together steve like with the concept from conception idea table to let's get it out there let's uh, do our R and D, and let's get it out to the consumer the process
2: well we you, you step back and you take a look at the market okay where's the market at and we you know last or I say the last time we brought out a four-stroke it was the nine hundred eight with the latest greatest technologies in that that particular uh, base motor and you notice there wasn't when you looked at the market, what was available to consumers, there wasn't like a 90-horsepower machine available to them. You had a 60-horsepower, which was our A 600, and you had the bigger engines like our 1200 at 128 horsepower or 130 right around that range, okay? You didn't have a choice anywhere else. So we put the 90-horsepower in there thinking thinking this is a market, this is a motor that can be used by many different segments, and we really think we need to bring something like this to market. We did the same thing with the 900 ACE Turbo and, and looking at the market saying, okay, look, if we go to the big end and really try to go to really high horsepower, which then means we have to make a bigger chassis, we have to make more room for air and exhaust in it, or we try to keep this compact and provide a package that's around 150, to, you know, that kind of horsepower figure that can handle really good, can deliver a good ride, can be used by many segments of the market, then, and it's truly where a four-stroke rider would appreciate being. And it's obvious to us there's much more volume in that area, and that's a market we feel we should address. So that's how the, the, the 150 Turbo comes about. Looking at the markets, what's available within them, and, and where do we go with our next one? In addition, Phil, what we also do is we, we survey our customers quite a bit. And talking with 1,200 four Tech owners, they were thinking, we just like about another 10 horsepower. Okay, so they're, you know, just, they're close to saying, you know, we, just don't, you know, we just want a little bit more than where we're at right now, a little more, a little more punch than what we've got today. So I said, okay, well, if they're asking for 10 now, let's give them 20, because that's probably where they really want to be. And that's where we end up with the 150 horsepower kind at that level.
1: Nice. It's interesting. It's interesting when using the word uh, consumer and the communication aspect. How much that has changed from you know the 70s to the 90s to today, where you're doing a spring launch now. Everybody knows what the lineup is basically. You know what, what's out there, what's available. You're going to be having. You know, you're going to be having the spring shows coming up where people actually see them in person and order. That's so different from the way things were done years ago with brochures. And that, so, what's it like for you now having direct communication with the consumer, you know, t- 10 months before they'll actually ride the product?
2: Uh, we've actually has been very proactive in, in getting a hold of the consumers and asking what it is they want, what they see for the next opportunities. And consumers sometimes are really good at telling you what exactly they think they want today, where the hardest part is what do they want to be three and five years down the road. So, we've always been very vocal or very communicative towards our consumers we send out surveys a lot we we uh survey our owners significantly and, and their feedback drives where we're headed with the product and then we also have to team, team, do a little bit of crystal balling and say okay what are they really telling us they're telling us they want to go this direction but is it really will a product like this answer their needs or should we go a little bit further with something like that that will really wow them and you're always trying to wow them when you can
1: yeah so that leads to my that leads to my next question for you to comment on and that's the uh the brp chemistry when uh you and i sat down a couple of years ago in Valcor, having lunch and looking around the room the chemistry in that room of everybody from the, you know the artistic people the people who take care of uh, the look of the thing of the product the color of the product the people who are into the nuts and bolts the engineering the D people what's that like at, at brp when they come up with a new product all these different divisions that have a different idea of what should be coming down the pipe
2: Well, it's interesting that it's basically built on three pillars, the marketing, the engineering, and the design teams. Marketing is trying to find out what it is the consumer wants and kind of get some direction and shape to where we're headed with, you know, what it is that the market's asking for. Obviously, design and innovation has really got a sharp eye. They've they've hit so many home runs, it's unbelievable. And so is engineering. I mean, they've hit home runs like in our motions and uh, shot systems and uh, RER systems. So, you know, you look at way that tripod works it's pretty effective overall and there's respect for each department's abilities and what they can bring to the table and saying okay look you know you're telling me you don't care about this aspect of it we really know our customers really do and there's respect for those opinions in that room and that's what makes the chemistry work
0: okay okay uh uh, steve um the, the uh the the 900 ace uh ace motor um what so so did you project uh, a, a kind of a, what you wanted for horsepower uh, for after you turbocharged? Like did you did you have a, a number in mind? Like did you want one fifty? Did you want uh, you know maybe up at to one seventy five? Where was where was the sweet spot
2: that you wanted? One fifty is the sweet spot that we identified without a doubt. Yeah. Again, going 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 higher in horsepower, guard as I mentioned, you know it just requires more room and more space to do a lot of different things uh requires a different turbocharger uh it requires a different criteria what we wanted to make sure of when we gave the 150 horsepower was number one almost zero turbo lag and that's done very effectively with the 900 ace turbo because we've got a very short track from the exhaust right to the turbine itself and it's a smaller turbine it's not a huge turbine right so this thing was designed to react very, very fast and give, her, give the consumer that dynamic response that we really felt they wanted. And that's part of the recipe of what we put together here. We haven't gone for a huge big-end horsepower because it's a limited pool of riders, number one. Number two, what it would take to do that would require some real changes in, in chassis layout, and then also what you can deliver so far as dynamic response to the motor. So, you know, we wanted something that was quick-responding, you know, quick-revving, uh it feels very much uh you, you won't notice turbo lag when you ride this 150 and that's really a compliment to the engineering team at rotax and also at velcor they did a great job of packaging this motor so that you when you hit the throttle you get that instant kind of response that makes you think wow is this really just a turbo or is this just a, a 150 horsepower motor that feels really normal right so that's that was kind of where they were shooting and that's what they went for
0: okay let's let's talk about the chassis a little bit uh obviously you had to do a, a huge makeover in the uh in the plastic uh, in the plastic to t- talk about that a little bit you got uh, some uh, some improved venting um you know f- for the for obviously the, the new motor but uh, also uh th- you know through that whole lineup there uh you have uh you've got the new uh the new cowling
2: yeah you, you look at the uh the design and innovation guys, they came up with a great look for this sled. We needed a little bit more room underneath there to fit the uh, the intercooler in, which the 900 Ace has. It's an air-to-air intercooler. And they also needed some intake for it, some air intake for it. So that's why it got uh, a really nice-looking, what I'll call a, grill on the front of it or the, the top of the hood there that really looks mean and looks nice. And then you notice that that gets closed off, and we use an Ace 900 without the turbocharger on there. Okay, so the, that's the differentiation you can look at and tell whether it's turbo or whether it's a 900 Ace under the uh, – the top of the motor real quickly yeah. so it's it's kind of a nice looking design in fact i think it's really a nice looking design especially in that xrs uh the, the renegade xrs that orange and silver really looks It's a very well accepted so far to date you know look to the machine it looks mean looks wicked
0: yeah it does look mean but <laughs> that,
2: yeah that chassis is actually three inches narrower than what the former 1200 tech engine was or uh, the xs chassis was there Really, so it's, okay. it's we're calling it a, we're calling it a wide design. Okay, we're calling it a Rev Gen Four with the wide bodywork. Really, when you when you think about it, it's much narrower than what the Rev XS was with the twelve hundred in it, and it's a little bit wider than the two stroke versions will be because we'll call that the narrow design uh, to fit the four stroke in there and also to fit in the uh, air controlled suspension. So you, you require a, a bit of a room for the air pump on the ACS suspension and. You're just not able to do that on the narrow body because that shrink-wrapped so tightly. And of so course, that's where you come up with the two different design looks to the vehicles.
0: And, of course, you have to, uh, to think about the, uh, the, the, the air moving around it for the, for the rider, too. Uh, you know, the windshield and cowling, uh, that, that's, that's got to be uh, very, very well thought out, too.
2: Yeah, I think that's also an additional benefit for the riders that we think will appreciate it most. For instance, uh, a guy on a Grand Touring. Kind of Renegade. We think they want that extra wind protection, which this one does offer for sure. Nice. Okay, Phil. Uh, you know, I, when we look, when we look at the rest of the lineup. We should probably go through the rest of the Renegades a bit. So sure, let's sure. Start with, you Absolutely. know the X model Renegade. yeah Sure. You know, to to and try, try and spell things out for the guys. You know, if you're buying an X model Renegade or an XRS for that matter, if you're buying it with a four stroke motor, you're going to get that wide platform we just discussed. Okay. And if you're buying with a two stroke motor, either the 850 E Tech or the 600R, wherever it might be available. You are going to get that in the narrow bodywork the two-stroke bodywork that's very tightly wrapped and very compact but when you step into the enduro again because we have the acs suspension in that whether you order a two-stroke or a four-stroke motor with that you are going to get the wider bodywork yeah yeah so it's important to keep that in mind
0: yeah i'm taking the enduro all day long <laughs> I, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm loving that package that you got there that that renegade enduro um it, it looks great i mean with the uh with the uh air, air suspension and everything i'm i'm on
1: that all day long for sure so phil i i, I, I i'm with court it was interesting that when the package first came out you know we we used the word earlier seat time seat time to me is so important to really evaluate the product like that uh for instance i said you know with the 900 you know, 900 ace motor it takes for me it takes a good thousand kilometers to really get a feel for something and uh, I guess where I'm going with this is the role of uh, people you've got working for you. At the, the the release the other night was absolutely superb. I thought that was a great way to show the product direct to the consumer. And you've got ambassadors who can also come forward and explain how it works for their area, the mountains, whatever riding. Can you go on and just like explain like what are the role of the ambassadors for your product and helping to support and talk to the consumers?
2: Our ambassadors are enthusiasts. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They're, they're great guys that really love to ride the product and talk about the product. And they're just, I mean, we, we look for very enthusiastic people that can carry the message through and, and are very relatable to our consumers. I mean, I don't think that's any big secret. Uh, I know that uh, some other people have caught on to what we're doing and are doing kind of the same thing. Uh, so we put these, you know, in the hands of, of people that we know like social media, like to talk on blogs and forums and what have you. And can actually articulate what it is they're feeling within the sled and can bring something more to uh, the rest of our consumers also by explaining their experiences or maybe how something works with their product, what they do to, to make their product work better for them. You know, maybe it's adjusting handlebars, you know, using footrests, not using footrests, I should say toe holds, um, adding uh, accessories that work well for them. They're just, you know, that's, that's what they're really all about and, and helping share the experience and, and uh, the excitement that comes with snowmobiling it's just that as you guys both know it's a very social activity uh it's very much based on word of mouth so these guys are great uh representatives for the brand they really do a great job for us
1: well your mountain ambassadors have done a great job and i see this past year you've also expanding it you know to the east side of the dakotas with, with ambassador programs and also with the with the marketing if you could just comment you mentioned this earlier about the East, you know, the Flatlanders. That the past we've seen a lot of new product for the mountain riders, but now we've seen a, 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 a you know, that the flat, the Flatlanders are really getting new product as well this year.
2: Yeah, we've actually ended what we'll call quote a utility ambassador in Jeff Hahn out of Labrador City. Great guy. uh He, when we talk about backcountry, I mean this guy lives in backcountry for sure. Uh, they definitely go, you know in a remote area and they ride their, their snows are very very important to them for winter activity and for just getting around for you know uh, not just recreation but also for work and survival and what have you up there so very important in, in their world he's a great guy to work with and we added, uh, we're adding a new guy in uh, Wisconsin area that's more of a trail oriented guy we'll have something more official on that shortly and we're looking at adding a couple more in the east. Also, um, we have some applications in for these guys, and we're just looking at evaluating them right now. Who's going to be the next ones that we choose?
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. That's
1: that also. I, also oh, go sorry. ahead, George.
0: Uh, yeah, I was I was going to suggest that. I mean, uh, you, uh, all the all the manufacturers. I mean, they, they've they've copied uh, basically what with the ambassador program. But uh, I think if there's any segment that needs uh, needs ambassadors, it's the trail segment because there's so much. Uh, negativity that, that that's that's going on in in, uh, in you know social media boards and and, and stuff like that. You know, uh, if there's any segment that needs uh, ambassadors, uh, it's it's probably the trail segment. And uh, I'll let you will we'll wrap that segment up real real quick here because I'm sure everybody wants to hear about your sleds. But uh, talk about uh, you know the trail segment a little bit about for ambassadors.
2: Oh, I don't know exactly how we can address it more, but, you know, we will, we're looking at adding a couple of people. Like we said, that our trail ambassadors kind of share their experiences much like our mountain guys have, yeah. you know, and hopefully provide some value to our customers, too. You know, what tips can we provide our customers that help them enjoy their day even more? Yeah. I mean, right. right when it comes back down to it, it's all about how do we enhance the experience? I mean, we're very focused on enhancing the rider experience no matter what it is that we're doing. You know, that's why, for instance, you saw the new Oxygen helmet being introduced at Ski, and we made a big deal out of it. It's like that helmet actually really does lift the experience for riders. Yep. I mean, it's very quiet. It, it seals the wind very tightly. You don't have to have a mask on your face of any sort. Um, it provides great vision. So, I mean, again, it's, it's all those things that our ambassadors will now go out and try those helmets and, and give, be able to give feedback to consumers on that and share their experiences with it, too.
1: Yeah, that's my that's on my that, list. That, that leads to my next. That leads to my next question, if I, if I may, is um, the, the, the getting part, part the role of parts and accessories and getting the right products. Is I've seen people on forums, you know, questioning about mixing goggles, helmets, and all this stuff, and, and you know, trying to get stuff on. But, you know, if you could Steve, just just out getting like stuff that's made for the product for the sled. You know, the link the link attachments, the right helmets, the right stuff. Like this is the stuff that was designed for for the for the rider designed properly to work with together with other items.
2: Well, there's no doubt about it. You know, when you build the sled, you can only do so much and offer it standard, and say, okay, at this point now it has to be a bit customized. For instance, you know, between you, Gord, and you, Phil, there's quite a bit of difference in height. So, what windshield was for lot Phil of may not work height. for Gord. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's what we're saying. You know, uh, and the expectation, though, as a manufacturer, we face some criticism for not delivering it with the right windshield height. It's like, okay, but we don't know how tall the buyer is that's going to be buying it. And what their preference is. Because one guy wants a low windshield so he can look over it all day long and wants it to look really good. The other guy says, no, I want all the wind protection I can get. So we offer, you know, obviously a lot of different windshields, a lot of different bar riser heights. And then what do you want to have for storage on the sled? You know, the link system offers you the chance to make it quick, easy storage that you've got with you one day. And if you don't want to bring it the next day, really easy to remove it, you know, leave it at home or leave it in the truck, wherever you're going. So, again, it's about being able to customize that sled and that ride for what it is you want. Uh, and that's key to enjoying the experience again. You know, how do you, how you make it more enjoyable for the consumers? You, you make it so that they're comfortable on their ride, as, as comfortable as you can make the stock machine. You give them all the choices that you possibly can to custom fit it to their ride, and then give them some, uh, some more enhancements like the oxygen helmet to make it even more fun. So really parts and exceptions play a major role on our side and always have, and I think people are starting to realize the, the value of things like Link. That really provide that nice, easy, quick, integrated uh, items that are changeable very, very fast. Great.
0: Good. Okay. Well, well, well I, I want that was on my list, uh, Steve, about talking about that oxygen helmet. Then, and, and we could talk about that more about that at the end, because, or because there's a, there's a lot of features to that helmet okay. that I know you want to you know, get out there. It's a, it's a very interesting helmet. Um, Let's let's go where we where we left off here. The the Renegade Enduro. Um, let's talk a, about the, uh, the the engines available in that, and uh, also uh, any other features that uh, that are on that uh, Renegade.
2: Well, in the Renegade Enduro, you're going to be able to get four engines with it. You got the 850 E Tech, the 600 R E Tech, the 900 Ace, and the 900 Ace Turbo. So you've got all four engine choices. There are two, two, uh, two strokes and two four strokes. So take your pick there. What what is it that you like the best? Yeah, uh, in the Renegade Adrenaline again. We will go back to you know that's one other model we didn't really talk about yet. You have the two two strokes there and the two four strokes there. Also, the difference being in the Renegade Adrenaline, if you order an 850 E or 600 R E Tech, you're going to get the narrow bodywork, and if you go to the 900 or the, the turbo, you're going to get the wider bodywork. Yeah, so there's some differentiation between those two.
0: But there's, it's still a Gen Four. Let's 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 mention that it's still a Gen Four chassis, but it's, you have two different bodyworks.
2: Exactly, I mean all the benefits of the Rev Gen for that nice narrow seat area the, the broader room to move around in the cockpit for the rider all those are there on all of our models this year, so no. far as you know the anything with an 850 e tech is uh, 600R, or the uh, four stroke models
1: yeah, which yeah. really makes
2: a big difference, Gordond. It's a good point to bring up because the four stroke rider up until now hasn't had that opportunity, and now there has a six hundred r rider
0: yeah yeah that's great um okay uh, the, the renegade sport your 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 base model of the uh of the uh renegade lineup uh uh you've got the uh mm-hmm. two 600s in that
2: yeah we have the 600 carb which is on the xp chassis and we have the 600 ace which will be on the xs chassis so still in the lineup again those are very much value off uh goodbye um if a guy's looking to get into sport at a really good price those are definitely a spot where he's going to look right away
0: yeah. I I've I've noticed the uh, the absence of uh, the uh, the pilot ski now. It's 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 gone f- completely out of the lineup right now, right? All all models. The to the, tune- no, the, 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 the I mean the tuning the tuning ski.
2: The Pilot TS no yes. it's definitely in the in there with with an adjustment package is definitely in the package. Okay. Uh and depends on the model that you're looking at whether you're going to you're going to get that with with the Pilot TS or without a Pilot TS. Right. right. Um some some riders were definitely, you know, are loving their pilot TS because they like the ability to adjust back and forth. Whereas some guys also are saying, you know what? I really wanted to hook up a little more positively. I wanted to turn in a little different, and the Pilot Five Point Seven is working very, very well for that. Yeah. So, the, you, if you order an adjustment package, for instance, on a Renegade or an MXZ, you will get it with the Pilot TS ski.
0: Okay, I didn't see that in the uh, the, the sheet I'm looking at here. Um, okay, so uh, I guess we've co- we've covered the Renegades uh let's go let's go the, the next model the back countries um a, again uh you got uh a, a number of uh models in the back country lineup line um you got mm-hmm. three the xrs uh the x and the and the back country let's let's talk about the the back country
2: okay what's new for this year is the back country is basically we're setting that aside as its own model lineup we feel there's enough differentiation between this and a renegade that we needed to give it its own classification so the back countries are standalone models for us this year the uh engines that are available in them just to be clear on that xrs and x are available with the 850 and then uh, the in-season backcountry will offer both the 850 and the 600r so all two-stroke motors again because it's about lightweight and power to weight ratio for off-trail riding and we gear our backcountry line to definitely be a 50-50 sled, it's not right now set up to go more of an on-trail machine. It's meant to be truly 50-50, and that's why we offer it with a nearer ski stance, the 38- to 40-inch ski stance rather than a 42-and-a-half-inch ski stance. Yeah, uh, I think last year, very well received by a lot of people in that, you know, hey, this sled works great in both areas.
0: Right, and so the, the XRS and the X are spring only, and then the backcountry is all season
2: correct correct and the new one for this year, the backcountry xrs uh you could probably see this one coming from the consumer demand and in the sense that they all love their backcountry x's but they're going i want it with the kyb shocks on it the, the piggyback shocks on it i want it with the the multifunction analog or a multifunction gauge that's got both digital and analog in it so that has been added to the sled this year so you've got you know the backcountry xrs features again the great piggyback KYB shocks on it. The wider running boards, like from the the race sleds so or the race inspired wide running boards, and we got the multi function gauge on it with the the uh, control right at the handlebar, like nice. the trail sleds have had in the past.
0: Okay, Phil. I'm gonna uh, the next one here. Um, uh, Steve, we got uh, we got a, a whole palette of colors, and starting with the uh, the backcountry. Uh, talk about that. Um, I mean, you got multiple colors on there uh, for options. Um, they look great.
2: Yeah, they're, they're pretty striking. I mean, uh, I think design really went overboard this year and really did a great job so far as delivering multiple colors. So there's multiple choices and they're, they're bright, they're brilliant. When you look at them in person, it's like, wow, they, they are, as much as people may be looking at it on their smartphones or looking at it on their computers, it really doesn't do them justice because they look good there, but they look great in person. And that's really, you know, hopefully people can get off to some spring shows and take a look at them that way. And uh, I think they'll be pretty impressed for sure.
1: Yep. Okay, Phil. You took you took my comment away, Stephen. That is that you know with the, with the spring tours coming up, people have really got to see these sleds and sit on them to really to really get an idea of what they are. Uh, you know, a few a few pictures here and there I looked on your phone just don't do them justice. Like, you really got to get out to these shows and sit on these sleds. And back in the seventies, eighties, we didn't have that opportunity. You know, marketing didn't happen until October when the buyers' guide showed up in the in the brochures. So the ability for consumers now to see it, see, see the product in March, April that's just that's just huge.
2: Yeah, and quite honestly, you know, with the, the struggle we find is we can't make enough uh, spring tour stops no matter what we do to cover everybody. So we do the best we can in providing as much multimedia coverage for these people to look at as, as possible. Um, one thing I want to mention to you guys uh, in looking at the backcountry, this is a flatlander sled that has shot system available for it. So uh, uh, spring customers will get their choice if they want to use get us a... Uh, electric start that's the normal electric start or if they want to go in the shot system on it
0: yeah nice
2: so it's important to note that that, that, that sled is really designed ideally uh, for where you guys are located I mean the, the riding in your area where you can go off trail and there is opportunities like that legally and uh, will not anger uh, landowners and, and mess up with our ability to access trails is huge right. so this sled now uh, has all the, the convenience and ease of electric start uh, just as the shot system on it, it just makes it a little bit, uh, you know, once in the morning, you got to pull it It's a right. great system.
0: Yeah, the benefit of that is obviously lightweight and uh, and, and, and really ease of use.
2: Absolutely. I mean, once you've, tri- once you've tried to sled in the mountains with shot or once you've been in the backcountry with shot, you won't go without it. It's really that powerful.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Um, you want to move on to the Grand Touring?
2: Yeah, Grand Touring's been redesigned this year, obviously. Significantly, we've gone to, uh, we've taken the sc and the le combine them into one which is the limited edition uh this sled really kind of has it all uh you've got your engine choices will be three in this one just so you can buy the 600r uh 900 ace or the 900 uh, ace turbo um really been a very popular sled for us in, in especially i'll say quebec and ontario is where it's probably the most popular areas uh people appreciate the two up riding there for sure again moving to rev gen 4 chassis will be a big difference for these riders we're moving the rider forward on the sled about four inches. When I say the rider, it's the, the passenger, I should say, to be more clear. The passenger gets moved forward about four inches. The rider gets moved, up, the driver gets moved up about one inch and slides forward just a little bit because that REV Gen 4 also gives them that extra room, too. So now you got a better balance. It's much like we did with the original REV when we moved the riders and the mass center towards the center of the vehicle. Uh, bump reaction becomes better. Chlorine becomes better. Everything works better by putting... All the weight that you can in the middle of a Snowmobile, and that's what we're accomplishing here.
0: Yeah,
2: um, so quite a bit of difference.
0: Okay, let's say uh, you, you may you may want to uh, answer this as best you can. But w- w- what would the fuel economy be uh, compared uh, uh, the, the six hundred eTech and and the say the Ace Turbo or Ace? Is is it mar- very marginal, or is is one like way about more more than the other?
2: They're going to p- deliver the same kind of uh, economy numbers that they did in the past. I mean, the 600R, one, one of the design objectives of it was same fuel economy, same oil economy, same thing with the 900 Ace and 900 Ace Turbo. You know, when you get 900Ace Turbo, we haven't talked about it yet, but it has three modes. It has a, a, an Eco, a Standard, and a Sport mode. When you put a 900Ace Turbo into Sport mode, you're probably going to burn some fuel. Right. But when you put it back <laughs> in Standard mode, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. So, you know, again, the choice comes on to where the rider wants to use the slug. You know, we're giving them that option of, you know, what's more important to you today? You want to really um, add some extra power to it and have some fun with it? Or are you more concerned that, hey, I've got a long distance to go today and I want to make sure I get there?
0: Yep, so, yep. you
2: know, there are, there are choices in those
0: and some some other features on on the uh, on the Grand touring limited uh, uh, air ride suspension, uh, you got a, a more luxurious seat. The seat looks really nice. it, it looks uh, it looks quite comfy uh, and it's heated.
2: Yes, correct. It's heated seat. It also comes with the uh, far adjustments for the steering, so the rider can choose uh, how far forward or back the steering system fits, and it's really quite honestly on this Grand Touring. It's a great fit for that feature. Um, you got a nice high windshield with some side deflectors down below for additional wind protection. As you mentioned, it's got the heated seat. Um, a lot of really good stuff that people will definitely appreciate. A bigger storage uh, tank on the back, the, um, the cargo box. Quite a bit of room. It is a link cargo box, and you can stack stuff on top of it. So you can stack uh, you know, another additional bag on the top of it or carry some more storage with you, you know, for whatever guy might need. You can add saddlebags to this vehicle really easily and increase your storage level also. Right. So, again, Link fits into that whole thing in and, and letting you build the snowboard the way you want it to be built.
1: Right. Okay, Phil? Well, I, I find that very interesting, uh, what you're saying about the passenger. That's one thing I've always appreciated about the uh, Grand Touring, is the passenger never, ever seemed to be an afterthought. They are very much part of the design, and anybody who rides on the back of a Grand Touring, you, don't feel, you sure don't feel like an afterthought. You're just part of the sled and the whole ride experience as well.
2: Yeah, we have a very again our, our we try to connect with people that use the Snowmobile and find out what it is that they want out of it. And the, the words from the passenger were, "Hey, we're a long ways back from where the driver is, and we're getting thrown around quite a bit. So can you, you know, lessen that force and bring us more into the picture? So that's where we uh, we move the passenger more forward a little bit and helped that quite a bit with the handling of the Snowmobile and the feeling of the ride and comfort of the Snowmobile overall. Great.
1: Right. Um... So, Okay, go ahead, Phil. Well, that, that leads to uh, my question, and that is the uh, something you know, old school sales—you know—need versus want. You know, when you watch uh, a pe- you know people walking through a show or through a dealership, what they want, what they need—you you sure do give them a lot. And how, how do you how do you work with your dealers to, to you know make sure people get the act- the right sled for them, not not necessarily their buddy sled or what looks good in a, a brochure picture, but what works for them in customizing it or picking the right model because there's so much to choose from. Well,
2: was, thank God we've got such great dealers to support us because that's really where the rubber meets the road, as you know. Um, we do offer training to our to our salespeople. Uh, we do offer some uh, applications that allow them to actually have some information right on their smartphone so they can learn about the slot if they need to. If they're not familiar with a particular model, they can quickly access what it is they need to know about it. Um, but in most cases, we've got some really good solid dealers that know most of this. They live it in uh, they are what we, we count on to you know, help the consumers steer to where they want to go.
0: Okay, uh, uh, so Steve, you in the uh, the Grand Touring Limited and the uh, the Sport, uh, both in the Gen chassis, Gen four chassis, uh, the returning uh, uh, Grand Touring Sport, uh, probably the, the, the rental market's go to sled. You know, for what I've seen, um, it, you know, is there any, any additional new features on the uh, on the uh, Sport?
2: Well, we have a Sport with a 900 Ace in it. That's in the Rev Gen four. So the nice thing about that is you've got a choice here. You can get the 600 Ace, which will be in the XS chassis. I'll quote the older XS chassis. Yeah. 900 Ace, or the Grand Touring, with the uh, if you choose to go with the 900 in it, you will get the new Rev Gen 4 chassis with that vehicle. And that's that's going to be a big hit for sure, without a doubt. Very, As you mentioned, Gordon, uh a solid rental sled and a solid <laughs> family sled for a good price.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure so um okay we we've we've covered we've covered those pretty good uh okay uh let's move on to uh, the mountain segment uh something that phil and i know a lot about <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, the summit the summit and then and then we're getting into uh the free ride which uh i got uh is is, is very interesting it's probably the free ride's very popular here in ontario um the summit let's let, let's go there um uh again some bold new colors um Gen 4, 850 um, E-Tech only.
2: Correct. Yeah, in the, in the X model, the 850 E-Tech only, it's, uh, this tends to be what we'll call more, quote, hardcore buyers, uh, some really uh, mountain-dedicated riders, the experienced riders, and, and typically they're choosing the 850 E-Tech at this point. So, you know, we are going to offer some different colors for the vehicle this year. we got a lot of different new accessories to fit the vehicle. You know, you talk about packs importance to these kinds of riders. You know, you've got a new Slim tunnel link bag on the back of it that is actually waterproof. And then an adjustable ski stance. We haven't mentioned that yet. A rapid adjust ski stance for those guys so you can quickly go from a wide stance to a narrow stance. People might now actually use the fact that they've got an adjustable ski stance with this feature. So you know they are accessories. So if a guy wants it, great. If he doesn't want it, he doesn't have to buy it. But it's it's priced extremely well and it's something that can make it more effective for him as a machine, as a as an owner. But one of the big things we gotta mention in the mountains also still, shot system. Right. I mean, this has proven itself to be a really, really big feature. And people I mean, you know, sometimes forget about that. How big does it really, you know, make a difference for a rider on a day's worth of riding? It's huge when you look at all the times that you would actually pull start a snowmobile in the mountains. It Saves a ton of energy so you can ride rather than having to keep start your sled.
1: Uh, Again, I think uh, full 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 credit to your ambassadors out there in the mountain program because they do a great job of explaining the, the sleds and and the, and the uh, you know what what they use and how they use their setups you know and, and using social media to get the message out and it's interesting talking to them in person is how how personal they are with their ma- machines when you, you ask them what track length what lug what do you add on they really do customize they they very picky I don't, I don't want to say per, if they're picky or they just really like to go you know, over the top of personalizing but they're you know track lengths and suspensions and setups and after you know the products they put on afterwards it's amazing how they really do set up their sleds.
2: well i think that's probably typical of, of some of our really hardcore riders not just our ambassadors but our consumers in general our customers really know what they want and i gosh, love them for it. I mean, they're in tune with their sleds and what they want to do to it, as any market ever has been. I mean, you look at it, whether it's a motorcycle or an ATV market, the snowmobile customer is very well-informed and very much in tune with what it is they want to end up with
1: for a ride. Nice. Okay. Very much so, and again, kudos to your ambassadors. After the sled is out the door, it's amazing how much how much they are in tune with their sled. You know, the setting up the clutch, doing this, doing that. It, 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 you know, they, they are very knowledgeable and, and you know, great credibility and a great, great reference source for people who are trying to learn how to do things on their, on their sled. They're a great resource, you know, and they do a great job of pumping it out there for everybody.
2: Thanks, Phil. I appreciate that. They are good people to work with, for sure. They're absolutely on top of the thing. Yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't mention in the uh, mountain sled that we should probably mention is uh, the Summit SP for a guy that's looking to uh, an in-season buyer also. Yep. Or... If a guy's looking for a 600, this is where you're going to find the 600R.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, you first time. Yeah. SP. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's, been, it's been a while. And, it, again, you know, you're, you're talking Rev Gen 4, so you get that light, agile chassis that's really easy to maneuver. you got the 600R motor in it, and you can get it with a 154 track or a 146-inch track. Take your pick. But the really big thing is you can go to a 3-inch lug on it in the 154, which when, that speaks volumes about how confident we are in that 600R motor. Um, I've actually had a chance to ride this out west with some of the media out west. And I apologize, you guys weren't there because you're such mountain experts, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, uh, the, the feedback from them was phenomenal. They, uh, we could go everywhere that an 850 was going with the 600R. And, and some of the guys actually preferred the 600 motor because of the, the hit that it had in the woods, in and out of the trees, and the way you could uh, approach a, a tough, maybe a tough climb or a tough run through the trees. The 600 is very, very agile, and when you start spinning those motors, that makes a little bit of difference in just how easy it is to handle in and out of the tight stuff. So they really like the 600R, and uh, I hope people really give it a chance in the mountains and really give it a, a ride to see what it's all about because it will impress a lot of people.
0: Right. Yeah, Well, it, it, looks, it looks awesome. Great package uh, with, with the two motors, too. That's, that's great. Um, the Sport, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, uh, one, one engine, the carb um basically uh you know has there been any any improvements to to that one
2: no it's basically unchanged it's the same motor we've had for years um again it's all about giving them a, a reasonable price point to enter into the sport
0: yeah. So, surprisingly that sled is used again a lot in the rental market you know for for the newbies yep. i mean the, the, that's a, that's the go-to mm-hmm. sled for the newbies uh for uh for getting and so uh for for the for the for the summit uh um thing o- only the only the x is a spring only the other two the sp and the sport are all season correct yeah okay yeah. perfect okay free ride this this one is is pretty cool um you got you got some amazing colors in 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 this sled and you know it's yeah uh, you know, I, I gotta ask you steve um your 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 one one of your race teams out there has this beautiful blue color that you notice day or night out there it is so distinctive um and and you have this new blue the blue co- the blue color uh, on, on the on the uh on the uh free ride w- w- was there any relation to that like um when, when you seen the the uh the, the ski race uh, the race team show up with that color was there any like hey that looks really good let's put that into market or is it was this done years ago
2: I really couldn't answer that question straight up. I'd have to ask the design department where, they, where they're where they inspired from on that color. But I will say this, that, you know, I've seen that color making its way into stores, retail stores all over right now at this point in North America. So whether it's with tennis shoes, whether it's with uh, clothing, uh, you're seeing those colors pop through. And I think that's what our design department was really chasing overall is they're always trying to look two and three years down the road. So some of these colors are being picked, you know, two years in advance, three years in advance. Right. And whether the race team really inspired them or whether this was something they saw coming from other trends, I couldn't tell you. I'd have to ask the, the experts at the design department on that one.
0: Yeah, it's a, it looks it looks nice, and people will see the, the 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 blue free ride. It's a, it's a it's a sharp looking sled, and it's a sharp looking race sled when you see it at the uh, at the races. Um, okay, so talk, yeah. let, let's let's talk about the free ride um, engine availabilities availabilities and uh, and uh, options on it.
2: It's much the same as it was last year. It's an 850 e-Tech across the board. Again, the free ride's meant to be uh, more of the extreme side of the mountain riding. The guy that really needs some great shocks, uh, needs some features that are tough. So you've got the uh, KYB's, the Pro Series shocks on it. So you've got uh, adjustability available all the way around in the sled. You can choose whether you're going to go, you know, the 137. You're going to look at something. You're going to get an arm motion there because you're looking at more of a, a short sled being used, probably at a lower altitude. Uh, you go to the 146, and you start switching over to the T-Motion the, the rear suspension. And then uh, 154s are available in both the S38, which is a wider ski stance, and what I'll call more of a mountain edition setup, where it's the, the 36 to 38-inch ski stance. So that's where you're really looking. You know, you've got machines in the freeride that are designed to go away from the flatlands to the mountains, and it's it's a little bit more of a radical look, a little bit more of a radical attitude. And you can have it in higher low altitude calibration too, so you can pick where you're gonna you know, if you're an eastern rider like in Ontario and you wanted a free ride, you'd be able to pick that with the low altitude calibration on it. You can get it with a shot system on it, and you get all the good shocks on it. So it's really kind of delivering everything all in one package for that guy. And in the mountains, you get the same kind of thing. If I want a one sixty five shot system with, with the great shocks on it, it is available in that too. So it's the the running boards would match the mountain setup. Uh Really truly a great mountain sled at that point then, so kind of covering it all with the free ride yeah
0: yeah so uh, um the, uh, the, the the free ride and then uh, hundred fifty four uh, so the free ride s thirty eight um what's what is the difference with it with that model
2: that's just strictly the front suspension it is eh. Okay. so you're going to you'll be able to go from the uh, thirty eight inch to thirty to thirty six inch ski stance on that really are really easily excuse me. Please correct that. You can go from 38 to 40 on that one, okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas where on the regular, what I'll call the 154 and 165s, where it's not considered, quote, S38, you would be going from 36 to 38-inch wide ski stands.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and all the free rides, they're spring-only. They're spring they are all spring-only.
2: Correct. Spring-only, right. that's
0: it. Yep, and one engine. So perfect um uh, it's it, it, phil you'll attest if, that. I, if i could jump in with
1: a if i could jump in with a comment there was interesting uh what steve was mentioning a few minutes ago about uh, us in the mountains uh we're, we're journalists and uh it's <laughs> i love being out there in the mountains it's the same with other venues i call myself a mountain journalist not a mountain rider because <laughs> i have to follow these people into these incredible valleys and these you know places to ride in the trees and that's when i plunk myself down take pictures and ask questions <laughs> but uh it is amazing to actually sit and, and you know, do Q&A with mountain riders, much like we are with Steve Day, because the amount of information they have as to why they ride, what they do, and how they do. Because you've got tree riders, you've got people who jump, people who like to you know, climb, people who like to just do deep powder. And it's interesting how they all the different perspectives of what it is they ride and how they ride. And for us as journalists, it's a real treat to be able to parachute in there with them riding these places. And then ask the questions of the people who live and ride there all the time: why, why they have what they have, and how they use it. So it's interesting. I say I'm a mountain journalist, not a mountain rider. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Phil, 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 you attest this is a, this is a pretty popular sled, and uh, uh, really on, on the flatlands and backcountry too. It's like it's it's very popular in Ontario and Quebec. You know uh, the the free ride 154. It's it's super popular.
1: Well, there's a term in snow building that's been used in the last you know few years called crossover and to me I see that in so many different areas where stuff is, is versatile in different ways by taking, you know, what would be considered a mountain or a backcountry sled and shortening up the track or changing things. You've now got a, a hybrid sled that is more crossover for one person and again very personalized. So it it's a real it's a real great opportunity to be in a place like British Columbia where you actually talk to people who ride there all the time and you see what what it is that drives their needs to again to get back to steve and then what drives the manufacturer to provide and, and fill those needs that they're looking for because they all want something different out there each valley is different each rider is different
2: mm-hmm. absolutely
1: yeah um, without a doubt and yeah. the, free ride, the free ride i think
2: became very popular in your area because we didn't have a backcountry offering until two years ago that was really fitting what they wanted uh Right now, i got to be honest with you, a lot of guys would be really happy with a backcountry XRS or a backcountry X or a backcountry standard because that does fit your market extremely well to see motion rear suspension on those because it really does work on the trail uh, very well and works very well off-trail. But I think people are just starting to discover how good that machine can be to address their needs for their market.
0: And absolutely, that Summit's got that 600, too, so there's your uh, there's your reason to uh, to get, get into a Summit. Um, expedition. Um it's uh, this. This was a a, a newer model kind kind of thing. It's uh, but um, it's uh, it's it's got some fe- some interesting features this year. You got the 850 R engine. Now, this is this is the, the, the old P the the, the P 800 a- engine. Uh, let's talk about the expedition.
2: Well, let's talk about what's new in the expedition real quick, and we'll go with the expedition sport right away. Okay. Uh, this one does have uh, the Rev Gen four chassis, uh, 900 Ace motor available in it. And when you talked about rental sleds earlier, I was going to mention that this one is really a quite popular as a rental sled because it's got the backrest on its standard, and it's a link backrest now, so it's removable. Uh, so guys that were using it, uh, you know, we sell a lot of these in the, in the northern reaches because it's very popular and very adaptable in the sense that, you know, it's got a backrest when you want it, and now you can quick take it off when you don't want it, and you make some more room for hauling or getting around whatever, whatever it is that you need that day. Um, so another good one to look at there. The rest of the Expedition lineup is, uh, you know, we introduced the Expedition super wide track earlier this year with the 900-Ace motor in it also. Been extremely well-received, and I think we're going to see a lot of people real happy that we've got a, a different front suspension on something with a 24-inch wide track. So now you get a choice of whether you want the uh, strut suspension that the uh, Scandic offers or whether you're going to go with the A-frame a- front end like the uh, the Expedition would offer because it's basically, you know, pattern very similar there, as you can see.
0: Yeah, nice. Um... Uh, okay
2: oh sorry go ahead the, the expedition you mentioned earlier the expedition extreme with the 800r motor in it that is the only place you're going to find the 800r motor these days is in that particular model mm-hmm. and it's it's still uh it's meant to be a bad boy off trail very capable very competent uh engineered quite a bit with our friends over in uh finland uh, at Lynx that we've all you know kind of collaborated on this vehicle and uh still uh colors are new this year in, in a sense that that's really bought all this new on the sled but it's still extremely confident for what it's meant to do
0: yeah uh interesting expedition se it's um three engines and this is the only place where you we're we're gonna see the uh the 1200 tech now
2: yeah the expeditions they both the le and se will i believe they're both gonna offer it. i think they uh, i gotta double check my uh my spec on it, but the SEs are the 1200 4 tech The LE might still have it in it. Yeah. I apologize for not having it right at my fingertips, but I, I don't.
0: I got it right at my fingertips here. <laughs> Trust me. <Okay. laughs> t- I'm telling the skidoo yeah. guy. <laughs> okay, yeah.
2: Uh. Uh, well, you can't memorize them all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, then, yeah, the, the 1200 4 you know, quite honestly, you know, it's been pretty much replaced by the turbo. Yeah, nice. In the rest of the lineup.
0: That yeah. t- that twelve hundred was a solid motor. I mean, uh, that 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 was uh, that was in, in the lineup for a long time, and uh, you know, it was it was a solid motor in your lineup. You know, kudos to uh, Skidoo for uh, for that motor. That was a favorite for a lot well, of
2: people. Know, it, you mentioned it, it's been in the, in the uh, lineup for a long time, but with some older technology, uh, it's still very solid. And like all four stroke motors, they tend to be very reliable, and long lasting. The nine hundred eight has the latest technology, and that's why that was the one that's moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm yeah so all right uh all right so those things we covered pretty- if i may jump in for a second here i, I find it interesting you're just talking about some of the different models there is here in ontario uh, uh, because i'm a nosy person i quite often ask people where do you ride because the m- models we've been talking about i see them all in ontario on the roads or at the gas stations as people are heading because there's so many people who go a long distance either to you know the far east through, out to gas bay or northern ontario and stuff or way up to Cochrane, Wawa. We see everything here in Ontario. I, I see free rides. I, you know, I, I see Summit. I see backcountry sleds. We see everything. So it's really interesting to have this conversation with Steve because here people trailer, and they trailer to absolutely every kind of riding condition.
2: Well, look at the size of your province, Phil. It's huge. Ontario's got a lot of ground to cover. I mean, you've got everything from uh, well-traveled freeways in the, the Toronto market to goat paths in the northern parts that are pretty small. So you've got uh, sleds that are going to also fit those same kinds of customers who live in those different areas.
0: Yeah, that goes to, that goes to say with the, uh, the the Midwest too. I mean, it's uh, flat land, and of course, you got vast amounts of uh, of backcountry too. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 incredible. Um, Scandic, um, two models. Um, any yeah. impro- any improvements to the Scandic this year?
2: basically the same as it was last year It'll be a different color so look uh, you know obviously people said they want hey dress this thing up a little bit first because we've seen it looking the same for quite a while so that's that's really the only change there
0: yeah uh in the uh, in the in the wide track you got uh, you got five en- or four engines there um h o back and eight eight or six hundred and nine hundred aces so that's a good uh, engine selection
2: yep to choose from in the super wide track will come with the h o and the nine hundred ace
0: yeah so all right um okay so um when we got left we got the uh the big fella the the, the tundra um i guess uh, that's a that's a, a real european is that a Euro, more or less european market sled steve or
2: do you no, gosh no we sell a lot of snowballs in, in northern a lot of tundra sold in northern parts of uh of ontario northern yep. parts of quebec newfoundland uh it's all over when you want a lightweight sled that will go anywhere hard to beat the tundra mm-hmm. i mean the narrow ski stand, so it fits between the trees very easily because in the east we have very closely spaced trees compared to the west. And and when you get a lot of deep snow, as you guys do in some of the parts of the world where you're at, it's, it's really – it's a mechanical snowshoe as we've described it before. Yeah. So for a trapper, for a guy that's really going to go in the backwoods off trail, this thing will take you back there. And the nice thing about it is if you're riding some, – at some point you're going to get stuck somewhere and you can get the tundra out very easily with one person. And that's that's going to be key to it, you know. You, you're going to run into a spot where you can't turn around, got into the trees too tight, and what have you. So, it's kind of meant to be that machine that can get you back in there, and it's really light footed, and allows you to go into some spots where you probably wouldn't be able to go with just about any other machine.
0: Yeah, I know our, our hydro and uh, and logging uh, people they that's their go to sled, uh, for sure. The the, the tundra. So um,
2: yeah, easy to load and unload by yourself too. So you know, very lightweight sled like that.
0: All right, well that that covers the, the, the whole lineup uh uh steve uh, do, do you want to talk a little bit of racing <laughs> you got a couple more minutes you know you know that was coming steve
2: um no uh, actually i gotta do that unfortunately i'm gonna to have to go but i know you mentioned you wanted to talk about oxygen helmets a bit
0: yeah absolutely go ahead
2: um if you guys haven't had a chance to look at this helmet make sure you do because it has got it's got some really unique new features on it for instance like you know there's a a big field of vision. Downward, you can see much further downward than you used to without having to you know, try and gyrate your head around and your neck in different directions so you can see your gauges easier. You can see when you're hooking up your desk cord to your jacket, much, much easier. It's got a humidity-controlled uh, environment on the inside of it, and sense that once you're moving, you get the airflow through it, it's meant to suck the uh, humidity out of it. The heated shield has three different levels of heat that you control with a remote control that uh, hangs right at your, D- or your, right at your waistline where your, your desk card would also hang, you would hook up your, your control for that right there. And you can go with 100% heat, 50% heat, or 75% heat, so you can, you can figure out where it is you've got for the day. If it's a really warm day, you're probably going to run it at 50%. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: Colder days, you're going to probably run it at 100%. Okay. Uh, new, new technology in applying the heat to the shield, completely new pivot point, completely new technology for the shield itself, because that's a very large area to heat. Unique in that the sun visor has also got a heated uh, chamber that it goes into. So if your sun visor, the the uh, drop-down smoke-colored one is stock or whatever you choose to put on it after that, when it goes back up in the recessed area, it's getting heat at that point. So if if you ever got iced up, you can put it up and heat it up real quick. That's a unique design. Uh, It's a magnetic connection at the back of the helmet, much like you maybe with an Apple computer, if you guys are familiar with that, how you you hook up your power cord to your Apple computer. It's similar to that in that sense. It's magnetic and electric um, at the back of the helmet, so you don't have any, any... RCA type plugs right on the shield itself. Yeah, uh, it's, this helmet's very, very well thought out. It's been in consumers' hands for about two years. We've been in development with it for about four to five years. Uh, overall, a lot of effort put into it, and again, it's about improving the ride experience.
0: Right. Uh, so, how, how does the air get moved through the helmet? Then uh, you say it's 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 the whole helmet is is, is warmed. Uh, how does how does the actual air move throughout the helmet then inside?
2: When, once you're moving, you know, uh, you, as you know, you create a, a vacuum effect when you go through wind. Okay. So once you're, you're moving down the trail, you're going to have some of that effect because of where the vents are placed. So it sucks some of the air through it. Okay. That way. So there's you there's know, bring fresh air in and exhaust fresh air out like that.
0: Yeah. But the the, the heat the heat you say the, the whole the whole helmet is kind of heated or or warmed. So is 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 yep. it is, 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 is it um so is is it actually air moving throughout the helmet like to to, to warm to warm the helmet. Or, or is it? No, it's
2: just the shield. It
0: just heated. It's okay.
2: just the shield the So the shield itself will give off enough heat that you'll feel it.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting and, and uh, very wide, uh, um, you know, um, range of, of view. You said it's it's one eighty uh, range of
2: view. Yeah, very- one hundred eighty degrees uh, peripheral vision. And then downward, we've increased the vision downward from uh, previous helmet designs from VRP from by 20%. It's usually about 40% better than the rest of the market so far as downward vision. Yep. Uh, really, like I said, a lot of, lot of thought process put into this to, to make it a really what we would like to consider more one of the more ultimate snowmobile helmets on the market for sure.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Steve, I, I, I got the first generation BVS2 helmet uh, came out what uh what over 10 years ago (laughs) and and that and i just replaced a brand new one last year i mean that that that's always been my go-to helmet it's uh it's uh it that has been a a, an amazing helmet for everybody no matter what brand you've uh you've been riding uh um the bvs2 helmet's been a you know a mainstay um is this is this the next generation like is this the the next the the next go-to
2: helmet Without a doubt, this is meant to this is meant to to one up the game all the way across the board. We'll still have a DV2S available in our lineup, but this is meant to take the next step and remove that face mask in front of you and give you some more vision downward. Uh, again, improve the, the how the sun visor works, improve how the, the, the helmet pivot system works, delivering heat to the shield. Everywhere you look on the helmet is an improvement, and it's made out of a new material called M Forge. M Forge is a very similar to carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. But it, it uses a bit of a different process where there's no uh, VOCs used to, to create the helmet shell itself. Extremely lightweight. So overall, this helmet's going to be about a pound less than what your BV-2S is on your head.
0: Really, that's a lot. That's a lot on, on your helmet, for a helmet. It's significant, so, very yeah. significant. Okay, well, let's, let's wrap this up. So you've you, you got a busy day and busy week uh, coming up ahead of you. Uh, Phil, you got any more parting questions?
1: Oh no! Just to thank uh, Steve for uh, taking the time to join. I know he's, he's a very very busy guy. So thank you so much for your time and insight. On, and uh, you know, you always have the knowledge right there at your fingertips. We can we can call up anything, and you've got us. So thank you very much, Steve. Yes, uh, thanks, guys. F- have a
2: great day, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your, your snowmobiling. It's been a, a great year so far. I hope we get uh, more and more snow and keep riding.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate coming on the Snowmobiling Podcast, and uh, we'll we'll see you soon. Take care, guys. Thanks.